The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends and earn Unicorns through successful bets or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Internet. It is uh, it is almost 1:30 in the morning Eastern Standard Time on uh, I guess it's technically Tuesday, March the 7th. Uh, we are four days out from the release of uh, Logan, the final chapter and the Wolverine trilogy. And I am Walter Cades Fetchuk, and I saw the movie on Saturday. And above me here is my very good friend. Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, and he just got back from the movie like twenty minutes ago. Literally and- twenty minutes ago. I just want—I want everyone to know, a just the dedication that we're doing this right now because we need to talk about it because I just saw it and I have so many feelings, but also just—I I mean, I don't know what a better compliment for a film is that it's. 10.20 at night for me, 1.20 a.m. for you, and we're like, no, we have to sit down and talk about this because there's just so much to unpack. And, and for the record, if you have not seen this movie, stop this yes. video, go see it, come back. We're going to talk about spoilers because you can't not talk about it, and this is not a movie that you can ruin for yourself. Now, now I hear you, person in the comment section is like, oh, but I don't really care about spoilers. no. Shut up! Stop the video. Go watch it. Come back. They'll still I'm be here. putting spoilers on top of the logo Perfect. now, so everyone can see there are going to be spoilers. I'm just I am reiterating because I know people that always say like, "Oh, spoilers don't bother me. I, you know, don't really care." You're going to care. I promise you. This is one of those times to really follow that spoiler warning because, oh man, I. If you can't tell, guys, this is a very different chase than the one that usually <laughs> does these podcasts. I, I love bringing the energy. I love bringing this fun and excitement. And this was a concentrated punch to the gut. This was an emotional roller coaster that led us to Feels Corner. Mm-hmm. And I, brutal, brutal, powerful incredible. These are some words that will come up a lot in the next however long we talk about this. <laughs> yeah, so I I have I it's more much more recent in your in your mind. Yeah, and Literally we should say like we have not talked to each other about this at all. This is not no. pre-planned. This nope. is not I have no idea what your questions are. He, you you texted me. I just finished the movie and said like three sentences. I'm like, "All right, save the rest. We're going to record this." Uh, I've talked about it with a couple other people like at work and whatnot. Um nothing super in depth. Uh, I guess I, I want to start with, um, 
I think it is the second greatest superhero movie of all time. But the real kicker is, is it even a superhero movie? Because it doesn't feel like a superhero movie, which I think thought was incredible. Yeah, it really doesn't. And I say this as someone who loves superhero films. I... I don't think it's fair to call this a superhero film. It's a film with superheroes in it, but it doesn't... You know, when we say superhero film, there are beats, there are kind of structure moments that we're used to, there are things within the genre that we can expect, and you can handle these things in different ways, some of them good, some of them bad, but there is an essence that is very superhero film. This is not that. This is much more like the Western movies that it references, uh, especially in the Las Vegas scene, you know, the whole, you know, you're, you know, you don't get to, to let this go. You know, this is, this becomes a part of you. This is a brand, you know, for good or for ill. And that's what this is. We're seeing someone that has so completely become, you know, Wolverine and, and everything that comes with that, the monstrous side of that and the violence that he's inflicted, but also, you know, the pain of it and the suffering and, you know, there's nothing he can do about it. This is his life. He, it, it's very clear early on that he is dying. And if he's not dying because of what's going on from his own system, he's dying because of the things he's doing to himself. And this is a movie in which he tries to some extent to, to save himself. Um, there's this, there's this beautiful moment where, you know, we see who the Laura, who ends up being X-23, mm-hmm. kind of save him and, and drag him into the car and gets him to that hospital and then, you know, pulls him over to the side, drives to where they need to go. You know, this is not a movie of some hero saving the kid and and having some great hero moment. This is just an exploration into the mind of this person that maybe at one point was a superhero, but is not that guy anymore and is so out of touch with that part of himself that he doesn't even seem to know how to do it at first. And he's trying so hard to keep up and and stay in there as long as he needs to, to, to keep these kids safe. And, you know, I I mean, I don't think we need to jump into the ending right away, but that's, like, it doesn't, that, that st- doesn't end well. That is never a sentence in which we say, yeah, it's this punishing, brutal thing, and they all lived happily ever after. That's just not how that goes. Ah, God, it was just, it was just incredible. This, <laughs> this, superhero movies don't get our ratings. Right. Um, they don't because superhero movies, as much as they are like PG, they're PG thirteen just because there is violence in them. Like there are people beating each other up, usually physically. There's some weapons, there's some guns, there's some explosions. Like it gets that a PG thirteen rating purely for that. Um, it doesn't get it for any over like overbearing content. Like the last R superhero movie, obviously Deadpool's of it. It Deadpool's there because of its crass humor and tits and all that jazz yes um i think the like punisher i think the punisher was an r movie maybe i'd have to check but when i saw logan was rated r i said this is either going to go one of two directions it's going to be full of curse words and just just 
blatant swearing, uh, which it was. There was a. I never thought I'd ever see Charles Xavier utter a curse word ever. <laughs> yeah. And he had. It was like Morgan Freeman in um, in that assassin movie with oh. Angelina Jolie. Yes. Uh... The, the one where you can shift the bullets around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, whatever. whatever I, I've, that I've read the comic. Wanted? wanted whatever that's that exactly it. It's wanted. Called. The yeah. comic's better, for the record. But yeah, yeah. No, the movie was not. Um, <laughs> which is funny because the new Professor Xavier is in that movie. That's that's another offbeat reference. But a t- just a ton of swearing from Patrick Stewart and, and Hugh Jackman. Um, but the violence. Yes. I never knew I needed Wolverine violence like that. But that was about as visceral and as like on point of what you would. It was like, it was like Guillermo del Toro, Toro level violence. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, you could, you know, not quite Tarantino levels, but o- almost it was, Tarantino. But yeah, we it were was getting just, close to that. And oh. it to me, it was the most honest that we've been. Like, this is a hero. What are Wolverine's powers? He has claws and can rip people apart with them. How does that look in a real fight? It looks exactly like what we saw in Logan. It is brutal. It is vicious. There's blood everywhere. You stab in from these weird angles and you can see the claws ripping out of people's heads as he stabs them underneath. And it's incredible. And from an action perspective, it keeps you so locked in and every moment is, you know, just it's hard to not get caught up in it. It's incredibly immersive and it just it brings out this kind of fire and this, you know, like, oh my God, you know, this is, it's kind of hitting that thing that you've always wanted Wolverine to get to, but they've never been able to do because it's PG-13. And they held nothing back. They, you know, as far as, you know, looking at how they portrayed the characters, like we have alcoholism. That's the thing that we tackle. We have, you know, Xavier slowly losing his mind to some degenerative disease that also makes him incredibly dangerous. But, like, when do you see a hero in that kind of state? When do you see them embrace that weakness? And when he has the seizure and everyone just, you know, is paralyzed by it, you realize just how much pain and suffering that not only he's going through, but just how that affects his world and you know we never hear what happened in winchester which i think is the most perfect part of how they handled xavier's storyline because all we know is all that xavier knows which is that it was really bad and xavier can't remember that it's his brain is too far gone the drugs that have been used to keep him at least somewhat stable have worn him out (laughs) and it's, so th- th- it's, it's th- just crazy. It's th- just so, vi- oh my God. Sorry. So, so no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Um, the ringer, the ringer actually did like an exit survey where they asked a whole bunch of their writers, you know, a, a bunch of different questions. And I'm, I'm going to pick on some of them because I thought a couple of them were really good, but this brings up a really good point of one of the questions mm-hmm. where they talk about, where they ask, you know, these, these seemingly important pro- plot points, they bring up the Westchester incident. They bring up the Canewood conspiracy with the corn when he's in the farm and there's all that stuff. And Canewood mm-hmm. kind of is like this tangential thing where you're like, okay, why is he bad talking about like this genetically modified corn? When they talk about the actual experimentation on these children, mm-hmm. um, but they don't go into any detail. There is no like, oh, let's, we're not going to see, you know, a, a quick video clip on YouTube that, you know, because Charles pulled, you know, pulled out a phone and looked it up or anything like 
I love how microed it was. Yeah. Of they didn't go to Mexico City. They weren't like, oh, three of the kids got captured. Let's go. Let's go save. It was literally a. This is the only. It was so linear yes. and so hyper focused on this one little thread that you know is part of this just massive picture. What happened to all the X Men? How did they all die? Like, all we know is that the Reavers went out and just started killing them. Like, what led to that? I. You know, and and maybe they'll go back some, and we'll find out more from you know the Days of Future Past kind of thread and some other movies that they pull out. But I I really like the super hyper focused narrative nature of this story. Yeah, it reminds me a lot. I don't know if people listen to the podcast Welcome to Night Vale, but Welcome to Night Vale is a podcast where every two weeks they tell a story that you know they have basically the radio host who tells us what's happening in their town and they're always you know you'll get little pieces of the story in each episode but things come back and you build a universe that way you build a place that feels lived in that way but most importantly you know you don't let that get in the way of the story you're telling right all those details you brought up all those interesting background things if we went into them it would take away from Logan's story and this is Logan's story. This is Logan's last ride. This is the last time in his life he's going to have a chance to be a hero. And he doesn't even know what that is anymore or what that means. But as Xavier tells him, it's not too late. And, you know, that's... I, I think it's so crucial for a, a movie to have that kind of almost laser focus. You know, this is a movie that does not waste our time or energy on what is essentially marketing material. Cough, cough, Batman versus Superman. This is a movie that came out to tell one story. And it is one story of a larger universe, but they tell that one story and they do it as perfectly as they possibly can. And understanding that and understanding how to both build an interesting world and how to isolate the details that really matter from the details that don't, I think just says so much about the director and the script writers and, you know, even the actors as far as what they bring to, to the roles. This was about as perfect as this story could be told. I, there's not a single scene that I would drop. There's not a single scene that I would add. And that's as high praise as I'm ever going to give to a movie. There, there is a, a reluctance in Logan, in yes. the character, throughout the entire movie. Just the, the absolute entire movie. He doesn't want to take this job. He finally, after, you know, after the, the bad guy's character, um, which yeah. I, I'll, get, I'll get to that point. Holbrook. After yes. Holbrook's character approaches him, like, hey, you better. Then he's like, all right, like, I'll bite what's going on. And he's like, no, I don't want to do this. No, I don't want to do this. Basically, the only reason he starts doing it is because his hideout has been blown and Charles is really like, let's do this. He's doing yeah, it for Charles. Exactly. And then, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Okay, now you should be gone. Charles dies. Yes. And again, it doesn't feel like Logan is like, I'm doing this because I want to, you know, I'm going to do the right thing. It's like, I have to fucking do it for Charles. Yeah. Like, I... Just the, the the that scene where he's bashing the car with the shovel that he just used to bury his his mentor and his father figure, and oh then God. doesn't feel like he has that I want to do this moment until he sees the drones. 
and he then moves the telescope and sees them there. And there's still that moment on his face where he's like, not this, not again. Yeah. No, no, oh, I got to. And then he grabbed, and that's the moment where he finally has this like, screw it. If I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down in the blaze of glory. And he, he doesn't go. He doesn't chase after them with any thoughts of like, I'm going to help them get to Canada. It was a, I'm going to be the, I'm going to stand in their way and they're going to have to run me over before they get, you know, Laura and the, the rest of the kids, exactly. which I thought was masterfully done. That it, it was until that last like 15 minutes of the movie where he's like, nope, no, thank you. Nope, nope, don't, don't want this. Nope. And they set it up so well, right? Like think about X-24, like X-24 is the Wolverine clone. And that's, you know, in, in some movies that would be a very boring or kind of cheap way to create a, a villain, right? Okay, he's just another Wolverine, except Wolverine who's in better health conditions. Okay, there's not necessarily a lot to that, but there's so much more weight when the way that we find out that X-24 is a thing that exists is because he stabs Xavier in his bed. As Professor Xavier is having this amazing moment where he realizes that you know, A, that this night has been the best night he's had in such a long time, B, that it's not going to last, and C, that he probably doesn't deserve it because he clearly did something horrible. And then we see the claws just pierce him, and there's this wonderful moment where Logan, he, he you know, the girl's being dragged in one direction, he runs up to see Xavier, and he sees Xavier ble- bleeding out, and... It's just, it's that moment of like, it wasn't me. Like he keeps saying, it wasn't me. It was like, it's, he's, he wants so badly to not be a failure in Xavier's eyes. Say what you will about everything else he said and done. He's an alcoholic. He can't read things anymore. He's got a bullet that he's planning on shooting himself with. But you know what? Xavier matters to him. He would have done anything to protect that guy. And that guy wanted Laura saved. So he's going to do it. And he wants so badly for that moment of like, you know, I'm, I'm not this, I'm not the bad guy here. And, and Xavier dies and we don't get, we don't get that moment of like, oh, I know it wasn't you, Logan. Everything's okay. You know, we don't get that. And in all reality, like life doesn't give you that all the time. You're not going to have that moment where you get to make peace with everything before you get to die. He just, he's just dead. And Logan has to live with that. And seeing him, you know, unable to get the words out to even express just how much Xavier meant to him. And then, as he pointed out, just taking it out on this car instead with more expletives than we would use in a year. I mean, that's that is how you take what could be a token, you know, kind of, oh, this is cool. We could put it in a trailer like I didn't know X-24 was a thing until I saw the film. Hadn't seen that in the in any trailer or whatever else. So, they, oh man, I you bring up X twenty four. Yes, this this is my big gripe with the movie, and and, and I'll, I'll preface it by saying I know that the true enemy, the true villain of the movie, are not Holbrook and um, are not Holbrook and Grant and X twenty four. They aren't the real villains. They're supposed to be. They're just supposed to be some physical form that he's actually fighting, but the real villain are death, uh, loneliness, depression, alcoholism, all these things that, all the inner demons that 
that Logan himself is facing. Yeah. That's that that's his real enemy. That's the real villain. That's the real bad guy of the entire movie. Racism is in it. Like all all these themes are in it. I hated the villains. I none of them were captivating. None of them I never felt like they part, part of a good superhero movie and why I agree with the notion that Logan isn't a superhero movie is that your superhero in order to really connect with the superhero and really like want to be on their side is there has to be moments where you are truly afraid that okay maybe the superhero can't do this maybe you know oh no maybe super you know superman can't beat general zod maybe doctor ock is really going to kill spider-man maybe any of these things and there was never ever a moment in logan where i was like Yep, Holbrook and his goons are good. Like, they're meat puppets. They're literally just a wave of bodies that were sent at Logan. Never, even X24, I was like, yeah, but he's not human, so he's never actually going to, like, that's the weakness, is that Logan's going to find some inner strength through the power of love or the heart of the cards or whatever the hell you want to get it, and that'll be what overcomes him. But there was never a moment where I'm like, yeah, X24 is about to kill him. Well, see, I never had that moment. And that's where I guess you and I are going to disagree because I had the thought of, can he do this the entire film? Because from the moment that we saw him barely able to get the claws out of his hands, mm -hmm. if you told me, oh, by the way, you're going to have to beat up on the super-powered, drug-fueled version of you that's at your prime, I didn't think he could do it. I certainly didn't think he could do it. I, he's already resigned to die. Like... Him, X-24 killing him is nothing. He's like, I'm already done. Like, but I it's, don't care. But it's not about whether Wolverine... I mean, I, I guess it depends on, on your definition of, like, what is the failure state? If Is the failure state, could X-24 stop him before he achieves his plans? Absolutely X-24 could. If X-24 stops him at the farm rather than at the end, which, again, that should have been a fight that he lost if it wasn't for the you know, the dad at the house coming in with the car and pinning him up against the, uh, the whatever farm equipment they had pushed him into. Logan dies there. X-23 is captured and the movie is over. It's not because Logan survived and had some amazing thing. It's because Logan, Logan got bailed out by something that was never going to be there for him again. And for, for me, that vulnerability just pervaded everything. I never thought this is Xavier and and Wolverine and they're going to figure it out. The the question for me was how long can they survive? How far can they get her? And to be honest, it reminds me of a friend of mine and I'm going to be very sparse on the details, but um one of the people that I have admired in my more than anyone else in my in my time as a person uh, is her mom, because her mom was just this incredible human being, so compassionate, so so kind, always had a moment for, for everybody, big, big problems or small. And she was diagnosed with cancer when I was in seventh grade. And she was told that she had like a year to live, maybe. Stand up all night with her daughters just to, to make some memories that would hold with them. But she didn't die in one year she died during our senior year of high school it was close to graduation and she fought so hard not for herself but because she wanted to get her daughter 
to the point where she could be okay, where she'd be ready for what the world sent her way. And that's what this is. It's not about whether Wolverine succeeds or fails. It's not whether Xavier succeeds or fails. It's whether they get X-23 far enough where she can have something better than they did. And that's the tension that, to me, pervades the entire film. That's a villain that, that can't be stopped because you can't stop age. You can't stop degeneration. You can't stop your body giving up on you. They can't win that way. And that, I don't know, that's, to me, more than enough. I, I, I didn't find myself in need of another villain that would have taken time away from what we had. I, I, I felt like the, the three villains were purely there because you can't physically fight age, and there has like there's a reason X24 is like a younger version yeah, of no, Logan. There's, like, a, there's a lot of symbolism there. We got the guy with the metal hand, you know, I'm enhanced too, right? There's this hmm. there, there's that kind of constant understanding of like, you know, mutants now aren't a natural enemy, but they're a thing that we created and therefore must remove. It was <laughs> the the Villains were there to fill some symbolic point. And to be fair, we say the same thing about Marvel movie villains all the time, right? How many, you know, think pieces have we seen about, oh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe doesn't have that many great villains because the villains are there as foils for the hero. And it's the same thing here, except there's a much stronger villain than any of the immediate threats could ever be. Mm Mm-hmm. There's, I I think it really says a lot that in a movie in which there is another Wolverine that is super strong and does display plenty Uh. of badasses in his own right, that's, you know, the biggest villain in this is not any of it, it's time. and. I, I don't know. I I, I just, feel like it would have taken away if we if we'd had more background on those characters. And and, and that's fine. Like I I un, I understand that the problem is just because it it like age and like I said the disease, the diseases which I know they kind of like Logan speculates like oh yeah it's the adamantium that's killing me like I was in the movie theater I kind of whispered to Alicia my fiance I'm like I bet it's cirrhosis because Xavier's is natural mm-hmm. so I was just like he's gonna be dying of liver disease like that would make sense he's a you know uh, we saw what he was like early on when he loses uh when he loses gene gray in the um in the second x-men movie like he's inconsolable and drinking and you know we see what happens in x-men origins when he loses that woman just like so imagine what would happen if he lost all of his friends all the other mutants that he knew charles is like dying had just committed a mass you know mass murder or whatever happened in this Westchester incident, I assume that he killed a lot of people. That would be kind of a logical conclusion. Like, of course. And he's just drinking, just straight up alcohol, alcohol, alcohol. Like, they're throwing it so much into your face that it would make sense. And then it's kind of like this one-off thing, like, oh, I think it's the adamantium. Well, like, it, it's... I, I think I like the way they phrased it, which is that, you know, his, when he goes up to the, the scientist at the end, he's like, your father's the one who poisoned me mm-hmm. with this. Yeah. And whether you read it as alcoholism or the adamantium, that's absolutely true. Because mm-hmm. without being turned into the monster that he became in his own eyes, would he be drinking the way that he was? Would he have taken all of the nightmares and everything that had been haunting him for years and years out on himself in this way? No, absolutely not. It's the same killer whether it's the, the metal in his body or 
the things that he had to do because he had this metal in his body. It it's it's still himself eating away at himself, and I think that's you know whichever reading you want to take in on that, I think that both are fair and and both lead to the same symbolic point, which is this is something that will that has destroyed him on the inside, which is why it is so important to try to, you know, when he tells X-23 in his dying breaths, like, you know, be more than what they made you to be. Mm-hmm. That is such a huge, powerful lesson said by a guy who was exactly what people made him out to be until probably that very last moment. He has always been that guy. He has always defined himself as that guy. And in that moment, there was nothing else to do but look at this this girl, his daughter, and say, don't be like me. Don't, don't let yourself define yourself like this the way that I did. And, I, I mean, that's a message that I think resonates with me quite a bit. I think it's a message that obviously resonates with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the overwhelming critical success... Um, in an era in which so many critics are trying to to pull the old oh we're getting tired of superheroes angle i think that the consensus that the massive consensus that has been drawn says so much about how this movie does indeed transcend that kind of superhero genre so was i i kind of made my point on the villains thing was there anything that you necessarily disliked about the movie or did were you was it all aces? I mean, it's like I said, I just came th- from it, so I don't I haven't had time to pour through all of the, you know, the the whole thing over and over and over again like I usually like to do. I do understand what you're saying about the villains. Uh I just I don't know. It it's I I guess at the end of the day, it, it goes back to my my statement at the beginning of this review which was I wouldn't add or take away any of these individual scenes. I think every moment that they captured added something to the film and anything else they would have added would have had to take away from something else. And I think the restraint, the creative restraint that they displayed to really focus on this one story with so many opportunities and options available to them is crucial. I I think if, you know, any flaws that I would point to just feel very minuscule in the weight of what this movie was saying and the way that it hit me. And as you can kind of tell by the stories that I'm telling here, this is a movie that affected me way more for the way it reminded me of the things that have impacted my own life and Mm -hmm. the way that those lessons really resonate with me. And, and it's very hard when you have a, a film like that to, to then take it back and say, like, oh, well, you know, uh, this, there's still flaws, even though this had this overwhelming, insane emotional reaction. Exactly. I, I, I guess it, it might have... I think that... No, I'm not coming up with anything. I'm really that's, not. Cause, that's fine. I mean, any of the, like, you know, you could argue, like, maybe you introduce X-24 earlier so it doesn't come out of nowhere, but the fact that it comes out of nowhere is actually, make you know, far more powerful. Um, mm-hmm. Just because you have that, oh my god, I can't believe he just stabbed Xavier, what's going on? Um, you know, there's... 
you know, the devastation that's left behind them is something that's very brutal and at times feels, you know, maybe a little bit mean-spirited, but it fills this idea of, you know, Wolverine can't save anybody, let alone himself, at this point in his life. You know, that's why everyone he comes across is negatively affected, and he knows this. Right. And there's that, you know, maybe you could argue it was a little bit too heavy-handed with the, you know, bit from when they get to North Dakota and they get to the, you know, where they're going to leave, and when they actually do. You know, there's that moment where she tries to give him the money back, and he says that, you know, I, I, I don't need it anyway. You know, I just, you know, besides you're better off without me, people I care about get hurt. And she responds, well, then I'll be fine. And I think that was maybe a little on the nose. But I also feel like kids at her age that don't have a lot of it, 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 it has to That has to be that on the nose, though, because right. that's like, that's her father. Right. She she knows that's her father, and he's not... He's trying to do, like, the like the deadbeat... De- like, the, you know, the divorce dad thing of, yeah. like, here, here's money, like... You're better off without me. Yeah, you're, like, I'll show up for your birthday, but, like, listen, like, I'm I'm no good. You don't want to be like me. Like, it, I think that's... I, it's, it's on the nose because it's supposed to be very on the nose. It's supposed sure. to be that cutting... It's supposed to hurt him. She's, she's saying that as a, this is supposed to hurt you. You, you need to feel this. And that's always been one of Logan's weaknesses throughout has always been those, um, the emotional attacks Yeah, where I mean, it either, it, it sets him off and he's like the whole like Darth Vader no type thing where he just goes into rage mode and he's just like, well, screw it. I'm angry at everything and drunken. And, and then there's, you know, the moments where Gene or Scott will get in subtle little barbs at him and you can tell he's hurt. Like, he's legitimately hurt by Scott and Jean Grey's relationship. Mm-hmm. He's legitimately hurt when he knows that him and Rogue is, is like, nah, like, that's not actually a thing I can do. Like, that's not right. Like, there are, over the course of the canon in the movies, there are moments where you will see these very harsh emotional barbs, and there is nothing his healing powers can do about them. So I think, I think it was, that was supposed to be on the nose. Oh. She, was, she knew the only way he, she could actually hurt him. Well, this and that's kind of my point is like anything like I'm grasping at straws to find something because I know that it's silly to say that, that it's a perfect film. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know whether it's a perfect film, but it might have been a perfect film for me. Mm-hmm. And I need to rewatch it because I don't put any movie in my top five of all time until I've seen it multiple times. I also can't think of another film that I've thought this highly of that hit me in so many different ways in exactly the spots that affect me personally the most. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not ready to see this again. Like, my friend texted (laughs) me. You need to take some time. Yeah, I I needed, like, a week or five, maybe. Like, just (laughs) take, like, just no movies, no... Oh man, I'm gonna. I, I, I'm actually gonna clear my head after this by watching the origin and Rocket VODs because that's not going, you know, I need to get my prep work done for tomorrow. And we know that's not gonna take a lot of mental energy. And I just, I mean, I, I cannot, cannot recommend this film more highly. I thought it's just, they made a superhero, this guy that had become cameo fuel that it became the oh well this is the wolverine scene where he does the badass thing so they can sell merchandise and they took Mm -hmm. that character 
and brought him not just down to Earth, but crashing into Earth like a meteor coming in from the stratosphere. Like, it's just a, a punch just over and over. And the story it tells is just so unmistakably human. Not, not a mutant story. This is, you know, and, and for the record, the whole immigration angle was not lost on me. And shout out to the directors of Logan. I thought that was really cleverly done. What do you know? The mutants are hiding behind the border in Mexico and need to come over, but people are scared. Weird. Can't imagine any political thing that that's referencing. Yeah. Um, and, and think about just how prevalent, you know, for people who want to blame certain cultural movements for that, this movie was filmed well before any of those things could have been known for mm -hmm. a fact. This is taking that kind of, you know, almost, you know, human fear of the unknown and just ramping it up just to the extreme. And, and everything about this movie was just ramping up the things that I wanted to see and doing it to the fullest extent that they could do. I mean, um, I, where, where do you stand? I feel like I'm doing, I'm just <laughs> getting lost in all of the little, you know, crevices and, and details that just make this movie come alive. There, but there, there are an incredible number. And, and one more, one more little detractor before, cause I do want to go into the really good stuff. Cause 99, like 99.9% of this movie was actually really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought hurt using that for like the first trailer and like the first the, the theatrical release, you know, trailers and all that was perfect. Yes. It, 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 and, and Johnny Cash's version is the better version. Like yes. even the nine inch nails, I think did, did the original, but the cover, everyone's like, yeah, Johnny, even nine inch nails. Is like, yeah, it's, he did it better because yes. it's Johnny freaking cash. Um, was perfect. It summed up the tone of the movie. Perfect. And never, ever, ever appeared in the movie at all ever yeah not in the credits like and and that kind of just baffles me a little because it's the perfect song for this movie like the credits should have just been three minutes of them zooming out on the on the cross and then no no credits and then just logan black screen the kids getting into canada credits that that would have been the absolutely mind-blowing i would have sat in the theater for three minutes to hear the entire version of hurt and just a, a a slow pan out pan out pan out because how they technically end it we don't know that logan actually achieved the goal of getting exactly. the kids to canada i love which, that that's why I'm, I'm like i'm sitting here trying to understand that like Logan's but we journey. know he did. We know he like we know he did. Just show us that he did. Show we don't that know that though, and that's kind of the point, right? Logan went as far as he could go, and that's where the story ends, and that's where the movie ends. That's true. That is that's... as far as he could make it. He couldn't. That's... It is the you know the Moses parallel was incredibly clear there, where Moses tells people like this is the the, the promised land. We're gonna get there, and then he dies right on the outside because he was not chosen to enter it with the people. Like, that's what he this was, was. He was chosen to lead them. I was, get it. Yeah. I get it. And I, I think that while I would have loved it and I would have absolutely popped off if that song had come on. Even if it had just been, like, on the radio and, like, three seconds of it played and, and Logan, like, like 
if Laura had turned it on and you just start hearing like Johnny Cash singing it and Logan just shuts it off, yeah. like it would have been a great moment. I'm I'm just I'm just slightly disappointed because I spent the entire movie waiting for it. Mm. At, like waiting, 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 and it never happened. So that's my that's my like tiniest, tiniest little gripe. I I, I want to focus on some good stuff before Please. There's, there's like two other questions I want to ask. But I want to focus on some of the good stuff. What was your favorite part of the movie? <laughs> I know there's like 30 of them. We could just say, yeah, 99% of the movie. But like, what was the moment where you're like, if I needed to watch just, you know, a minute of this movie on repeat for the rest of my life, like this, it would be this minute. I mean, I, I think it's, it's Xavier's burial. I think that there's, if you talk about just that moment of just everything that those movies have been building up to, this X-Men franchise, and how much we know about the relationship with Charles Xavier and and Wolverine and, you know, the history there and the back and forth and, you know, the whole idea, you know, this is something you see a lot of old people do. It's like, oh, you wish I was senile. You wish I was gone and you didn't have to deal with me. And, you know, the weight of that and, you know, the moment at the dinner table where Charles does the whole, like, you know, I wish I could say he was a good student, but I don't think I'd be able to. That, to that, my food. that like, moment, that moment when he says, when he does that, I'm like, he's going to survive and he's going to find like the Charles Xavier Academy for gifted students in Canada. He's going to become the next professor X. And then I remembered like, no, because this is Jackman's last appearance of the character. They aren't going to do that. I I had for that moment, that hope, like he's going to become a teacher. Like he's going to teach these kids. Nice. I mean, and to be fair, like they could have gone in that direction. I Mm -hmm. think that it was a very good fake out in that regard, but just, you know, I think, there's a weight there where you've noticed up until this point, the thing that's kept Wolverine going throughout all of this is Xavier. You know, Logan is still on this journey because he wants to make Xavier proud. And there's, you know, just from the moment that he realizes, you know, that he picks Xavier up and realizes that he's dead and that there's nothing he can do and that he's never going to get that moment of, of, you know, not necessarily reconciliation, but just that under, you know, that you did good kid, you know, that mm-hmm. moment, you know, where that would be fulfilling to him, you know, and then we see the, just the brutality of the fight. We see Logan almost die. We see the, you know, the, the dad from the house makes the kind of hero play at the last minute and he says, Showing what Laura. it's, how you're at, how a father would actually react. Oh my God. Yeah. Shout out to that dad. That was, that was powerful in its own right Mm -hmm. and then that just that burial just got to me man it just that wanting to say something and just not having any of the words and then just going after the car like that is one of the most human moments that i have seen in a film in a long time and it requires building up a relationship over more than just one film you know it relies on drawing in all those moments that you followed along the way and you know it allows you to say like oh you know there there were good times and they're you know they're cracking you know back and forth with each other because that's what friends do that have those kind of powerful memories and, and just that was the moment in which i felt like yeah we we're saying goodbye to an era like this is this is where this is never going to come back to the way I, it was before i I can't agree with you on on this point because you're talking about Charles. Yeah. 
I know in two years I'm going to get another X-Men movie that's going to have James McAvoy playing Charles Xavier. True, but we're I, not getting Patrick Stewart anymore, which I, I do think that, like that matters to fair. me because that's by far my favorite version of the character. That's the version I care about, and that version, like that's the end of and the that's era. that's fair. That's entirely fair, but I still get Xavier. Now I get the, now I get the, the actual creation of the X-Men story. Like, I'm not going to be hurting for Charles Xavier. Like, I love, mm. I love Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier. I think he's done a masterful job across the entire franchise up until this moment. And even his final, his final monologue into, into the distance was incredibly televised that he was about to die. It, it was, it was, this is so obvious he's about to die, but the speech is so moving. And so if, it, if, if Hugh Jackman was standing there as actual Wolverine, like this speech would be hitting home and he'd have tears streaming down his face. But I know he's about to die because he's, and he's not saying it to Wolverine. And this is his, I'm about to die speech to Wolverine that Wolverine's never going to hear. Um, the difference is, and, and there are great moments. Caliban, when he pulls the grenade during the fight yes. was like, I was like, oh yeah, finally they gave this guy something epic to do. Like yeah. that was badass. Like and, there were a bunch of like badass moments like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the best moment was taking the cross and putting it to the X. Oh, well, I mean, if we're going to say, I, I mean, the I, ending is always going to happen. I, I, I have, but that, that moment, like, I, I will admit, I will cry during movies. I, yeah. I wasn't, I didn't tear up with Charles's death. I saw it coming. It was like, that was the moment where I started tearing up and was like, that, that was the end of the arrow moment for me. That was the finality of, you know, it's done. We're we're never gonna and let's not forget, like, the the original X-Men movie was like all about like, oh Hugh Jackman's playing like he looks like Wolverine. Like that's the character I remember from the very first X-Men movie. I don't really remember Scott. I don't remember like he Hugh Jackman was the guy that this is build, this is Hugh Jackman movie. That's the guy that got all the spin-off stuff. He's the one that got the trilogy. Mm-hmm. He is the finality of that first shot at the X-Men that that Fox did. Yeah. Now we have the Days of Future Past line with Sophia Turner and James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender and all them. That's a separate arc, that's, and that's great, but that was the moment that the original shot at it went to bed and went to rest. And that moment was so perfect. Yeah. And it, it came out of nowhere. She just stops and she looks at it, and I sat there going, okay, what is she going to do? And she pull, and even when she pulls the cross out, I'm like, all right, this makes no sense. And then the X, and that's when Hurt should have started playing to me. That that's when it should have started playing, and the slow zoom out. Um, and that that's the moment that's just going to be forever etched in my mind. Yeah. Is 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 that is that that birchwood cross in an X, uh, slowly zooming out. Like I'll watch that I'll watch that movie ten times, and I'll still get chills at that X because. That is Hugh Jackman's final just curtain call. And I thought it was absolutely phenomenally done. Um, I think both deaths were phenomenally done. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a bad, like, like you say you saw it coming. I didn't, but mostly because I'm a total mark and I was so far absorbed in the film that I just stopped. Uh, yeah. I, 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 had, I let myself not be genre savvy for a moment and they got me. The one moment I let my guard down. Um, but, you know. I, I, knew, I, knew, I, knew, I knew the moment that they sent... Wolverine to go fix the water pump. I'm like something. I thought it was going to be Holbrook. I didn't. I didn't see the whole. 
second Wolverine coming. I'll be honest. I didn't expect that. I thought mm-hmm. Holbrook's hand was just going to grab him by the throat and, and let him call for Wolverine and then kill him in front of him. That was what I thought was going to happen, was that he, he was going to wait and be like, Wolverine, where's Laura? Where is she? And then he's going to hesitate. He's like, too late. Because just... I, I thought Holbrook was going to be the ultimate bad guy in it. But then they pulled a swerve with the second Wolverine, which is like, oh, that's cool. Like, yeah. it was still cool. I still liked it. But it, I just saw it coming from a mile away, which, yeah. sorry. I mean, it's all about uh, whether you find it more powerful personally to watch Wolverine grieve the death oh. of this long, long time so much more than a friend or whether you want to or whether it's the saying goodbye to this monumental character and her father that she barely knew and just the just everything that that experience was he's the last x-men yeah and that's i mean i think both of those moments are going to stand out in my head forever i don't think you know you, you know, individuals will gravitate towards different ones depending on what their experiences have been. Absolutely. But that's, I mean, having any one of those in this movie would have been incredible. The fact that they did both and executed them both so well, I think just says so much about how, again, just focused and, and sharp these directors and writers were. This was yep. perfectly handled. I could not think of a better end to either one of those actors reigns in the X-Men series. That's the perfect way for Patrick Stewart to go out. It's the perfect way for you, Jackman to go out. I'm so glad we're never seeing their characters in anything else. again. So, so, I'm glad so, they agree with that. So, so that, that was going to be, be my question is, uh, first question, do we see Hugh Jackman come back as Wolverine? No. Again, he's done. no definitive. I, I would agree. I would say that there, there's no way that they would have ended it that, that with that level of finality, well, even just if there on was a, a chance he comes back on a base level, how do you top that? Like, what's the more Wolverine story that's still being left to be told? Like for this version of Logan, that's everything that this has been building towards yeah. since the first moment he set foot on screen, and we just didn't realize it until we saw this movie. Like, this is this is the culmination of so much in a way that I don't think. Hugh Jackman's going to want to touch. I don't think Patrick Stewart's going to want to touch. You know, I think there's a reason that they both watched this film together and said, yeah, this is the last one we're doing in this series. I can't imagine what either of them have left to prove or left to add to this role. I think they've cemented in a way that's going to be incredibly difficult to follow up on Wolverine more than Xavier, because as you said, you know, James, you know, we, we do have another version of Xavier, I hope they do not touch Wolverine for a long time. This is so, a character so, that needs to rest for a t- while. T- tangent question. Please. Is, is this good enough to get Jackman an Oscar nom? I mean, if this, I know it's not like it's not really an Academy type movie, but like, well, if ever there's going to be a superhero movie that is, it's this one. I mean, yeah. this is the most tailored to an Academy award we're ever going to see. And for the record, if this doesn't get uh, a best actor nod, if not a best picture nod, I'm going to be very disappointed. Um, you know, which for the got record, like 11 months until that happens anyways, but I just feel like, Oh, I'm yeah. I mean, we're going to get disappointed. Like, this is what take out the fact do. he's Wolverine. And this is like, I, you know, this is like a, you know, taken style, like revenge kind of, you know, father daughter journey thing that I think 
they that could be successful because as much as there's a ton of gratuitous violence in it that was 100% necessary yeah. there is this very raw emotional un, like I don't even want to call it an undertone because it wasn't an undertone it was just as prevalent as the violence right and but, for the record we do violence all the time gun violence has been yeah. in many of the Oscar award winning or nominated films like we have had very brutal movies before the fact that he has claws rather than a gun should not exempt this movie from the praise that it very well deserves. And it does not deserve to be praised as a good superhero film. This movie deserves to be praised as a great film. And whatever genre you want to put it in after that is secondary. Um, I I consider it a road trip movie before I'd call it a superhero film. Fair enough. Um, Second question kind of coming off that. You say don't touch Wolverine for a long time. Yes. Wolverine is part of the original X-Men. I understand, and and I've had a problem with the way that Marvel's handled the character in the comic books for exactly this reason, too. It is an overused character that is fun and marketable, but should not be the center of every movie that he's in, which Mm -hmm. is what has been the case for a while. Look at how Days of Future Past somehow made this about Wolverine rather Mm -hmm. than, you know, going back into this different time period and all of the, uh, the, the robots that were trying to take the mutants out. I think that this is a lesson that Hollywood hasn't learned, but will need to learn if they're going to keep up with the the franchises that they're currently building in these kind of cinematic universes, which is that characters need to go away in order for their deaths to feel like they have weight. I mean, just think about how token and mean-spirited it would feel if we saw an advertisement for another Wolverine in an X-Men movie Mm-hmm. two years from now. Like, that would just feel like they completely missed the point of why we put an end on this in the first place. And especially for Wolverine, like, you're, I, I am finding it very hard to come up with a way to do a better version of Wolverine than the version that we just saw. And I am sure that someone's going to reinvent it. Hey, maybe we'll go for the female Wolverine that was in the comics. Like, maybe X-23 will just become Wolverine. That would be fine. Like, there are things that they can do to have that kind of personality slash weapon kit at their disposal. But this is a character that has achieved so much and carries so much weight. Mm -hmm. This This needs to be the end. This needs to be... You know, let this sleep. Let us have, you know, no Wolverine for like 10, maybe even 15 years, maybe even 20 years. And then when you bring back Wolverine, it will be for an entirely new audience that can grow up with their version of Wolverine, which will be a new character and a different character than what Hugh Jackman was. So, And that will so, just mean so much more. And I uh, hope that Hollywood has the patience for that, even as I believe they totally do. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking at Wikipedia. Which oh isn't great, but I'm double checking that the, their sources that I'm here, and they're you know some some decent like sources. So um, Deadpool two obviously was teased as a trailer that's yes. going to be releasing soon, sometime in probably 2018 is what this one source is saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Sophie Turner has confirmed they're doing the next Days of Future Past line movie, uh, going to be mainly focused around her as Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. That. She said we're going to be going to begin filming sometime in 2017. Mm. Um, 
you say eh, I don't think Wolverine appears in that movie is kind no, of what I'm saying. I don't think um, he does either, but I, I, th- I have problems with that film that we can get to on another podcast, but oh, please continue. Uh, in November of 2016, 20th Century Fox has announced that there will be a third Deadpool movie, and that's going to feature the X-Force assembling, which is X-23 and the kids. Makes sense. Um, and what I saw was that Ryan Reynolds is co-directing on that. Perfect. Um, is is another, what one of the rumors is saying. And then in February 2017, um, Fox executives stated that films for X-23, Alpha Flight, and Exiles are in development stages. So... They have a kind of an Avengers type, like Marvel expanded universe thing going on here. Um, I agree. I don't think they touch Wolverine in the next X Men movie. This one that's going to, Sophia Turner is going to be the kind of, Jean Grey is going to be the focus of. Mm-hmm. I think the next one after that they bring him in as a, as somebody else, and it'll be the tradition. It'll be the traditional yellow and blue jumpsuit, like. They're going to go that route because at some point you can't have the the original X Men team without Wolverine. You can't. You can't. I, I think you can. I think. I mean, you can't. Look, you at, actually can't. Look he is at a X Men. Look at X Men Apocalypse as a perfect example of why Wolverine does not make X Men movies better. Like he is in it for one scene, maybe two, if I'm being courteous. It's a whole seven <laughs> minutes, and it has nothing to do with the rest of the film. No, you do not need Wolverine to make a good X-Men film. It is a crutch that Marvel has leaned on for a very long time. But, I mean, I'll, I'll put it this way, right? People said for forever, how can you have a Marvel Cinematic Universe without Spider-Man, right? That was a big thing I heard back when Iron Man first came out. Oh, you're going to make some big universe without the most marketable character you have? What? what the, the thing is, they already built the universe. They already built it with the marketing. So they're not using it to build the universe. But the problem is, who on the X-Men right now that we're looking at? We're looking at... at uh, Cyclops, we're looking at Beast, we're looking at Professor Xavier, which that's been the primary storyline so far. Yes. We're looking at Jean Grey, and we're looking at Sto- and we just got Storm and Apocalypse. Well, I Whose mean... storyline are we following? Uh, and how perhaps, does Wolverine not play into that storyline? Uh, unpopular opinion, I don't give a crap about that version of the X-Men either. I want to go X-Force full-on. Let's go X-Force, Alpha Flight, Exiles, let's go. That's what I okay. care about nowadays. I think I have... Like, X-Men 1, 2, and 3, we've now had a second trilogy with Apocalypse. We're stagnating. This is a, a series that is as close to stagnation as we can get, and you do not fix that by throwing in a token Wolverine. Either you have going to come up with a whole other separate, unique, fun, entertaining version that can top what you just did. And for the record, I don't think you can for a good amount of time until that has had its day in the sun. But if you're going to do it, you have to find a way to make that something where people don't watch your Wolverine and say, oh, I wish that it was Hugh Jackman. Okay, my my argument against that is you can make uh, Suicide Squad, you can make the Inhumans, you can make the Defenders, you can make Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you can make all these other kind of splinter groups, but you need to have an Avengers series. You need to have your primary, this is the core, this is what's going to drive it because it's going to bring all, It's gonna, everyone's going to go to that movie 100%, and that is what's going to drive the merchandising sales. Well, that's the problem is the merchandising sales, because there are hundreds 
of X-Men characters over there's the years. Thousand, like, if yeah, not they thousands. Can do a thousand there's different movies, but no you still need. have to have a core. And you have plenty of people in Beast and Jean Grey and Cyclops. It's not like Wolverine hasn't been dead or doing his own thing in main X-Men books for years now, for the record. You know, he had his whole escape over in China and whatever okay. else that they based the second but Wolverine Chase, off of. If you ask if you ask a normal non-comic book nerd, well, this is superhero nerd like us, who is the first X-Men you think of? I, I guarantee it's like a cross between C- Professor Xavier and Wolverine. It's almost certainly Wolverine. It's going to be so, 95% Wolverine, which is why 20th Century Fox is going to ignore all the advice I just gave, and I'm going to be incredibly sad and disappointed. Their, their but, problem is they need to give it time because it's going to be impossible to replace Jackman. So you have to let it disappear so people forget how amazing Hugh Jackman was in the role. I mean, their problem is the same problem that we had with WWE Fastlane last night, (laughs) which is that as long as you're relying on the characters that are already marketable, you're never going to build up other characters that can become those new marketable things. As long as they use Wolverine as a a crutch, of course no one's going to give a crap about the rest of the roster. Why would they? There's Wolverine. You have to give these characters time to prove that they can be interesting too. And if you shove Wolverine in there, that's all anyone's going to be talking about, is how does this Wolverine compare with Hugh Jackman's Wolverine? That will be the entire storyline whenever Wolverine is next introduced. Un- and unless... you have to give the rest of the team time to build up something before you smash their momentum with that. Un- unless this Jean Grey-focused movie like explodes... Like like Jessica Jones did, and everyone's all of a sudden like, oh, like she is. She's a very interesting character in her own right, but unless it like pulls in crazy numbers, they're gonna fall back on that crutch. Of course, but I mean, we all know it. It's not like Deadpool was that kind of character. They didn't fall back there. Look at how much money it made him. Are we gonna pretend that Ant Man is some super popular Marvel character that everyone was super excited to but, see come out? But the but difference is this: out. the difference is if. They made Avengers 3 about Hulk. Or they made Avengers 3 about, um, let's say they made Avengers 3 about uh, Black Widow. And it didn't do as well as they anticipated. They would go right back to Avengers 4 would be about Captain America and Iron Man in a heartbeat. But that would be... Finding a solution to the wrong problem. The problem wouldn't be that the characters were wrong. The problem would be that the movie wasn't as good as it needed to be. Like that's. But they're gonna blame it on the character. Of they're course. not gonna blame it on maybe the movie wasn't as good. Maybe the plot was weird. They're gonna blame it on well, Black Widow is not the identifiable character that everyone loves. So back to Iron Man. Right. I understand what studios are gonna do. It doesn't mean it's okay. It doesn't mean it's the best thing for the movie. And it certainly doesn't mean I'm gonna give them the out and say that that's a fair thing to do. I think it's incredibly I, short-sighted. I want. Yellow jumpsuit Wolverine with the blue highlights and the really chiseled beard and hair that looks like a trapezoid, and I don't care. That's fine. I want it. I don't want it in that movie with the movie that they're you know doing right now that they're filming. But the movie after that, I better get my traditional Wolverine. I want it. I want it. That just one makes me thing. sad to hear. That just makes me sad. Please can yeah sure one that's, more thing. That's, I want Gambit. Like if you, I want Gambit. I want a true Gambit actual badass card throwing staff wielding sure. he's a badass. guy that deserves some more time that's a character totally. that needs to be explored wolverine totally. is so far away from having things i'm not that saying he has explored. to be the 
the core focus. I'm oh, saying he he's has always to be in the core the movie. focus. But he has to exist. We will argue about this until the end of time. I That's will fair. never. I, I will never agree with you on this. The one, one thing that should worry you, though, about this the Jean Grey focus, Wolverine Scott Jean Grey love triangle. I mean, this is already the worst Jean Grey storyline that has been in the comics, and it involves setup that they haven't done. So, you know, but going off of a movie that wasn't very good in Apocalypse. So, I mean, this is this is kind of what I'm expecting from 20th Century Fox. I'm accepting that the PG-13 X-Men films have not been anything that I've been interested in in a while. I thought Days of Future Past, uh, Past was, at best, okay. Really didn't like Apocalypse. Enjoyed First Class. But it wasn't anything I had to watch. This Fast, and Fast Deadpool Bender and McAvoy are, yeah, so good together. They're great. They're, They're great so actors. So amazing. I've seen them in other work in which I enjoy them more than I do they, in that. They, but together they match Stewart and um, McClellan. Ooh, I'm 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 mad that you just said that. That that's fine. I'm I am happy for you that you feel that way and that you are getting that enjoyment off of the current universe of characters. That is so far away from where I am and what I've become attached to when it comes to this universe. And I guess my only hope is if people like you really want the blue and yellow jumpsuit Wolverine. I want my Saturday morning cartoon X-Men. Then keep that in the PG-13 realm. And I'll That's keep fine. waiting okay for 20th that. Century Fox to do the R-rated films that in my mind are more cohesive, more character-focused, and in my opinion, very, much more interesting. All right, we just have to agree to disagree. Um, the last question, though, I think we can come up with some agreements. Stealing this from the ringer, but I think it's a very excellent question to end with. What other superhero character, Marvel, DC, or otherwise, would you like to see get the Logan treatment i.e. R-rated, accidents have consequences, unbeholden to film franchise responsibilities, etc., etc. That's a very good question. I mean, Iron Man's the obvious choice, right? Because Robert Downey Jr. is someone that's already said that he doesn't necessarily want to be doing this character forever, and, you know, he has those inner demons, he has the alcoholic tendencies. Um, you know, Iron Man they is... They made Iron character. Man 3. They've, they made Iron... Well, yeah... But Iron Man three was the toned down version. You're saying let's let's Logan it up here. Well, you know, it's not but like they Iron already Man made is not... that movie. Like I'm saying, they already made that Iron Man movie. F- they already made that movie for Iron Man. They just toned it down, made it PG thirteen. Like, are you saying they're going to do the another? They're going to do another one of those movies to try and kill, like, get rid of the character. I I think that they did not nearly go. I mean, first of all, I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think anyone in Marvel's going to do it. I think if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be. DC and Warner Brothers because they're watching what 20th Century Fox has said and they care much more about cashing in than they do about creating a universe with characters and telling stories that matter. That's just how Warner Brothers does business, which sometimes results in good things. Lego Batman is awesome. Um, That was a movie that came up because Batman is popular and Legos are popular. It can be a good thing. It's not, I I did not mean that to be as harsh as some people will take it. Um, Of the characters that I could actually see this happening to, I mean, can't we just kill Batman at this point? What what do we have left to see about Batman? I, I understand, like, this is, like, sacrilege at this point, but, like, this is a character that we have seen done so many times in movies and comics and books and TV shows. We've seen so much. Like, let us have a moment where we can put 
Batman to rest. And it couldn't happen with this Batman because, you know, Ben Affleck is not the guy to necessarily carry that in the same way. But, like, that would be the guy you'd point to, right? As a character that you would want to see have that ultimate, you know, build up of like, oh man, like a like a Robin like turning into Nightwing and maybe Nightwing gets his own partner and trying to see them off and you know, there's so many things they could do uh that would hit a lot of the same story beats. And it would put to rest a character that I think is overused, which is the same way I feel about Wolverine. It's a crutch so, that people lean on too much. Yeah, so the reason what would happen is if you ask people who their favorite superhero is, it's Spider-Man, Superman, and Batman. Hey, you asked me what I wanted to see, not what I would see. I, uh, I, don't, I don't think the death aspect of it is, is the, like, the defining essence of this question. Like, to me, the obvious answer is Punisher. Like, freaking Punisher. Mm-hmm. Go full-blown, rated R, Marine-swearing, just gratuitous violence with the whole getting... Re- like, again, it's like the revenge movie aspect of getting revenge on the gang and the and the super soldiers and everything that killed his family yeah. like i can think of no better way to end it like the end of breaking bad essentially where it's just I, and then the gun drops from his hand and, like basically how the original punisher movie went except better yeah except I mean, better i mean um, punisher would be an, a character i'd love to see i just think with with batman there's Something about really, you know, using that R rating to plunge him as fully, more fully into the darkness than we've ever seen in a film version. Like, if we're going to say that these streets are riddled with crime and, and just madness and chaos and all these things, like, wouldn't it be nice to see a Batman that was able to get really brutally hit? Wouldn't it be nice to see a Batman being pushed to the extreme where he has to finally kill somebody, which, I mean, Ben Affleck's Batman kills people left, right, and center, so I guess people don't care about that anymore, but that could have been... He doesn't kill them. He killed a lot of people in that movie. Not necessarily. I'll have a video I can send you. There's about 40 that we can guarantee he either killed or was actively trying to kill, (laughs) which is fine. They they did go out of their way in an interview to say that this is not a Batman that cares about killing people in the same Mm. way. Like, DC's fine with that. I'm not. I would have loved to see a movie where the whole point is to build him to that. So when he does that, or, you know, God forbid, we had a Superman movie where we build up to that instead of, you know, like after a universe of things of Superman doing the right thing, instead of just movie one, let's kill General Zod because we've never read a superhero comic in our lives. Um, I I don't know. I Uh, There are a lot of movies I'd love to see happen that I do not believe will. You you spoiled this to me the other day. I did. I I probably I if I had like sat and went through like a whole bunch of different comic books and really thought on this, I probably would have came up with this too. Spawn. Spawn is yeah. Apparently, Spawn. Uh, I will say uh, a friend of mine was at Seattle Comic Con. Talked to Stan Lee. He says that a Spawn movie, uh, a vicious Spawn movie, I believe is the adjective that she used, is on the way. I think that will be an R-rated Marvel hero. That will that we will see a movie of in the I, future. I I will say I want a standalone infamous movie. I want mm. I, or injustice. Yes. I want a standalone in you know Batman Superman injustice movie. That would be great. I'd love that. I I want I want that, and I want them not to pull punches. I want them to make Superman the evil. You know, we're doing this for your own good type guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want that whole bore 
I want it hammered our, into our head. You know, might is right type. And I want it to be that hard hitting in your face that I feel like is missing. There is, there is no like, when have we seen a superhero go evil? We've never seen a superhero like truly go evil other than like a quick like yeah a couple minutes here. And now I'm back on the good side. Like I want to see evil Superman for two and a half hours. Yeah. And I want to see it. And let's see him push to that point. Let's see them go all out with it. How bad would Superman going evil really be for the DC universe? I would absolutely love that. That's the kind of thing that I think, you know, if you talk about what's a risk nowadays – Alternate universe stuff would be the risk. Those kind of one-shot movies, like let's do one in the Injustice universe. That's the that's the new risky, groundbreaking territory. And I think mm-hmm. the more we see companies willing to try to interact with that, I think there's a a creativity that that allows that studios hopefully will make more use out of. But that has to be a careful, calculated decision. And ultimately. If, if nothing else, the only way that Logan's going to work or that a superhero can be Loganized is that we have to have the weight of the character and all the adventures they've been on before we go into that movie. You know, uh, Injustice can work more directly because everyone knows that Superman is a good guy, so you can, rely, you can fall back on that. But Logan carries weight, be, you know, into the film. It's, it, it is a heavy film... But it brings with it so much from what has already been done and the great work that the actors have done across multiple movies together. I want to see whether companies are willing to take a risk on that with a character that is so ingrained, that has been so well set up, um, that have had these stories that have been told, but we're willing to go just that extra bit further here to give them that definitive end. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, at the very least get them to a place that would not be possible if we kept them within the standard rules of the universe. Um, we'll certainly see if that happens. I think that there are a lot of things that I'm afraid of. Some of them, you know, obviously not always, you know, not necessarily negatives to everybody. Um, there are some, I think, that are pretty universal negatives. I think no one wants to see just R-rated superhero films for the sake of getting an R rating in hopes that that somehow makes things good. Um I think that it has to be done with purpose, and I think most people would agree with that. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I mean, it, uh, it says a lot. It just, you know, this we've been doing this for 80 minutes now, and there's still more we can unpack with this film so, and what it means going forward. So the, the most popular one the Ringer came up with, the Ringer writers, was the Hulk. Three, three other writers all said Ruffalo's Hulk. And it's, again, it's not the rated R necessarily. It's, not, it's more the standalone singular nature of you don't have to worry about avengers you don't have to and basically their argument uh herman's argument is that i want them to go uh rubin's article mallory rubin's Mm -hmm. argument is that it would be awesome to see them explored by his angst and all the other ideas kind of military industrial complex and everything by panning in and going small rather than panning out and tossing him off of increasingly tall buildings just to get his blood up that is fair. I would be very interested in how they would find a way to have Hulk carry a whole film because Hulk is by design 
not a hero that keeps things quiet from an action perspective. You know, Logan is very, you know, tight and they're very visceral fight scenes, but they're very self-contained fight scenes. You know, they're not in some massive city. It's kind of hard to hide the Hulk and keep it as contained as this storyline was. Not to say impossible, but it would be it would be very interesting to see Marvel take that on. I think Marvel would rather see if Hulk can hold up his own film in their regular universe before they would try something that would be quite so out there with that particular character. But I mean, that was the first movie that they actually did. Uh, Iron Man came out two months prior. Really? Okay, so... I, I've made that mistake before. For the I record. got it. That's the so, only reason so, I know that. So Hulk, Hulk has existed in their universe, and I just think that it was they were throwing two characters at the wall to see what stuck, and Iron Man did, and Hulk didn't. And because Hulk came after Iron Man, Iron Man looked that much better, and Robert Downey Jr. was a better version, uh, like, was a better version of his character. Yes. And uh And they just kind of went from there. I was like, okay, perfect. This worked. Um, that, that's, that's, yeah, like you said, it was like 80 minutes. Yeah, this was a podcast, I think. I have to add a question mark to that, because this, this ended was up turning just, into something else entirely. This was you and me just, just... Shooting from the hip? Yeah, I have no idea if it's any good. I hope you guys enjoy it in the comments. (laughs) Let us know if you want us to do more things like this. It started off as a movie review and then turned into some greater conversation about the industry and how things are going to be shaped, which is, I think, always the greatest sign of a movie is that it, it becomes part of so many different larger conversations. And I think Logan is one that people are going to be talking about for a long time. And I would love nothing more than to hear your comments. Uh, You know, we read... All of them, and especially on something like this, I'd love to hear how all of you guys reacted. I think it's a very powerful film that affects people in different ways. So, you know, if you want to share your stories or your thoughts, either on Twitter or in the comment section here, on you know whatever it is, uh, we'd love to hear it. So. It's also the the first time that Chase and I have seen a movie that we both want to see like within a reasonable time period. Yes. Like I went and saw Rogue One like a couple weeks before you. I went and saw Doctor Strange a couple weeks before you. I went and saw. Force Awakens a couple weeks before you, like all these other movies that were both like, yeah, like mm-hmm. there was definitely some time difference. So this, it was like the first time within like 48 hours, we both were like, I saw the movie, I saw the movie, it was great, it was great. It was hard not to spoil it for you. All I could tell him <laughs> was like, go see it. Thank you for not spoiling it. Uh, part of me wishes I'd been more emotionally prepared because it really Dumbledore did. dies at the end, I'm sorry. Oh, God. Oh man, you spoiled that one now. I don't know how I'm gonna. I spoiled like a couple of things here. It says spoilers. We're gonna spoil stuff. <laughs> if you didn't know that, you've been living under a rock for like six years. Yeah, I think so. uh, I think people should be safe, but definitely do uh, check us out. I'm at Red Shirt King. Hit me up. I I would love to keep this discussion further and and let us know if you want us to do more movie things like this because even if it's not something that's necessarily out right away like this is something that Walter and I talk about all the time it would be very easy for us to do like a quick like 10 minute 15 minute kind of thing on some <laughs> I mean in theory no in theory. then no they're all gonna end up an hour or something long because we just can talk forever this was like us doing one of those like our old joke was like oh yeah we'll do the you know how LCS pros are like Golf ball manufacturer companies <laughs> podcast. Oh, we're like, going to get to the golf manufacturer podcast. Yeah, now, see, see, uh, you guys can find me at CD's LOL and tell me why Static Shock should be the next superhero movie made and why it should star Jaden Smith. Oh, 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 you broke my heart on that. Michael B. Jordan. At, at, honestly, it seems like a Michael B. Jordan movie. Oh, my God. 
That would Michael be, B. Jordan and Idris Elba is a bad guy. That would give me life. That would be that would be perfect. Let's let's uh, hashtag the dream on that one, guys. Static shock, baby. I used to love that cartoon. Uh, and uh, until next time, goodbye, internet. Hey there, C80s here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming. Or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com, backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.